heard that sound, because we are back here on the BIA College Football Podcast. That's Philly Phil. I'm Hugie. And we just, uh, we're taping this on a Tuesday evening. Uh, We just found out that Ohio State is ranked number two. So we fell down a ranking. Georgia's number one. Obviously, Georgia has now played two ranked opponents. And so the college football playoff committee went ahead and bumped them up a little bit, you know, and they all, they're also in the sec. We know that sec mm. biased is in there, but uh, you know, we're going to hold on to as long as we make it into that top four by the, uh, by the end of the season, we're good. That's how I see it. Phil, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even watch it tonight. I kind of forgot honestly that it was happening tonight, but yeah, I mean, I thought this would happen last week that they were going to, um have georgia jump us they waited until another you know i wouldn't call it a big win but another at least legitimate win for them um so to be expected i think when ohio state ohio state winning out is going to kind of solidify themselves in one of the top two spots um and so it doesn't really matter if you are if you're like a team that plays close to where some of these big bowl games happen you know, if you're a Georgia and you can get a chance to be able to play in Atlanta or if you are get a chance to play, you know, in New Orleans or in California and you're one of these teams that makes sense. But for Ohio State and Michigan, it doesn't really matter. We're not going to get a we're not going to get a bowl game that is close to our fan base. We're going to have to rely on our fan base traveling and more than likely we're we'll playing a team that is much closer to wherever that stadium is, no matter who it is. So. It doesn't really matter the one, two, unless you're trying to avoid playing somebody. But at this point, we don't know who's going to be where. So it's kind of pointless to care about that. Yeah. So we'll let the chips fall. All we got to do is basically win out and the rest will take care of itself. So speaking of that, last game, we played Sparty in Columbus with Ohio State winning 38 to three. The best first half offensive performance this year. Biggest thing that stood out to me, Marvin Harrison campaign, uh, Heisman campaign is definitely on deck. He scored three touchdowns before I could blink, it seemed like. <laughs> I'm going to say those first three possessions were touchdowns by Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I mean, <clears throat> Ryan Day is trying to get him to – to New York, at least that was what I would, I was hearing on the broadcast. And I think that, you know, he's on his way for sure. I mean, out of all the receivers, he's definitely get, getting the most hype. We know the Heisman trophy is a quarterback award. And speaking of quarterbacks, common Court had a pretty impressive uh, first half there. And even came out in the second half through a bomb down to Marvin Harrison jr. And um, they only got three points out of that drive. And that was basically all yeah. that was it for the scoring. Our starters were able to sit for the end of the game. But the biggest thing to me, you know, that really stood out was the just the first half performance all around the running game. Uh, Travion Henderson, I want to say he was averaging 4.6 yards a carry somewhere in that ballpark. 4.8. And, I mean. 4.8. There we go. Yeah. 0.2 is, 0.2 is better. 4.8. And we're clicking, man. We're, we're clicking. So, yeah, I mean, Buckeyes did what they needed to do against a team like Michigan State. 
Yeah. So I uh, I would say that first half was fun to watch. That I mean, it was yeah. All the stats you mentioned, all the players who played well, you mentioned. To me, the biggest takeaway for me it was fun. It was like fun to watch seeing them just connect, do well. Uh, I mean, Michigan State has been sucky all year, and and they uh, I'm glad they didn't decide to all of a sudden find something deep inside of themselves and come out and play inspired. <laughs> uh, no, they played like garbage, like they have most of the year. But even with them playing like garbage, sometimes we've had. Buckeye games this year where it's not fun to watch us play bad teams. Like it was fun to watch us play. Um, and so that's exciting. That's kind of the off. That's kind of like to be, you know, we think about back earlier this season, watching Washington play and it's like, they were fun to watch. Like this offense is connecting and they seem like they're in sync. Yeah. And that was what it was like watching us. Like, Oh wow. This is like, I've seen this for other teams. I haven't seen us even when we've scored. I haven't seen us look this smooth man so that was um that was exciting yeah Kyle McCord Kyle McCord is a um like a I think a I think the award is Davy O'Brien award I can't remember uh I could be wrong but um he's a semi-finalist he's a semi-finalist wow I did not know that yeah breaking news I mean he had yeah breaking breaking all the news here on the BIA pod I mean he had 335 yards um 77 percent completion three touchdowns no interceptions so um a 200 passer rating. He, he had a great game. And the, the reality is that he's not been impressive, but he does have the stats. Like he's been pretty efficient and he is on an undefeated number two team. It doesn't really take more than that to be considered one of the better quarterbacks, at least for an award. Um, maybe not like draft wise, but in terms of award wise, I think it kind of makes sense. He would be a finalist. Um, so yeah, man, it was it was fun, and hopefully, you know, we'll we'll see some more of that in the future. Well, I will say that the one thing that did stand out to me on the defense, um, that Michigan State went for it a lot on fourth down, and they also punted in our territory as well. You on a fourth and short, <clears throat> but the one thing that did and that fake punt that definitely I think. Um, it threw me off guard, um, threw, but I was going to say that too. they didn't get it through the team. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing I will point out, though, that was a little bit just sort of a head scratcher was the Michigan State running game. It was like they were kind of gashing some some yardage there for some first downs. Um, we did, the you know, the Ben not break sort of thing. I don't even know if Michigan state was in the red zone all game actually. So it wasn't really a bend don't break, but I just think that with us missing Tommy with us missing Lathan ransom, Josh Proctor, um, we had, you know, Malik Hartford stepped up, Jordan Hancock stepped up, you know, shout out to BIA Cody Simon, uh, stepped in for, uh, Tommy Eichenberg. So, um, it was good to see that, but I didn't necessarily like the, the those runs that Michigan State did have. I have no idea what their running back finished with, but um, it was a sign to me just based on what I saw earlier in the day, and that was what I thought about. As Ohio State fans, we know we measure. Uh, I know you want to respond. I was just going to say uh, we measure up against all our games against what we're going to do against Michigan. But 
I'm sure you that that may be where you were going. No, no, I was just gonna say that. I, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I'm I'm online like the rest of us, and I was, you know, on Twitter, and there were people who were saying our defense is kind of letting us down. Um, and I think that it did stand out. They did have some some like explosive quote unquote runs, which I think explosive runs are over 15 yards, maybe. Um, and so they had they had some big runs, but their total rushing yards. This is probably not sack adjusted was only 94 for the for the um, okay. for the game in terms of their running backs they had one that had 52 yards one that had 35 yards so that shows you even if they do take some sack yardage away that they really didn't have super productive days but they did have like one of them he had his longest was 27 so that's a long run uh and so it did seem that way and i think people kind of i think it felt like the defense is not as stingy as they have been but the numbers show that they actually were it's just instead of having some more methodical things it was like michigan state was able to get a 20-yard play here and then like nothing else you know they kind of stalled out at mid at half uh at midfield like seven drives in a row it seemed like they were able to get up there and then once they pretty much got to the 50 it was like all right never mind we can't do anything so yeah the defense um showed some vulnerability but um. Yeah, I, I do think that you, you named Tommy Eichenberg and Josh Proctor. I think those are our two biggest hitters in the run game. So not having those both. I mean, those are two players that we expect to get back. So I think it. I think it's fair to say you know we expect to be better because we not only are missing them, but we also expect to have them again, hopefully this week, but if not in two weeks. Oh, yeah, definitely in two weeks. And speaking of that team, the team up north, boy, boy, um, the first game this year that they played a team within the top 10, right, who was ranked top in the top 10. 10. The first time they played a They were number 10. I know. I'm saying no, that, that, 15, that implies that they've been playing like tw- top 20 teams. They just hadn't played an elite team. This is the first time they're playing a team with a pulse a team with some real athletes, uh, a team that competes in their conference in a in a power five conference for, for championships. So yeah, this is, well, I put quotes around the, with the pulse because, and I stopped when I was about to say that because Penn state's offense does not have a pulse. Line. They can, this seems like they put up points against, Iowa, bruh. I mean, <laughs> they scored 38 points against Iowa. They scored 50 something points, I believe, against Maryland. They, you know, it's like they just, I don't know. Drew Aller, um, he is under investigation for his five star rating. I'm not sure if he, <laughs> he was stealing signs in high school, but like, bro, like, <laughs> seriously, like, he just didn't, I don't even know. He finished with under 100 yards, I believe. Um, now, on the other side, Passing wise, mm-hmm. the oh, prolific man. sixty yards, the prolific JJ McCarthy, S- seven for eight. I mean, that was a great completion percentage, mm. but I don't think that he's heading to, heading to New York. I hope that also that Ohio State's defense will make sure that happens. But I, I mean, just based on this performance, I mean, they ran it thirty plus times straight to end the game, um, and look. Penn State just didn't get it done. Uh, Michigan 
when wins that game. The reason why we're mentioning this is because last episode we talked about this game and we've got thoughts, you know, we just wanted to really get out here. Just, I mean, my thing is, is that with, <laughs> I just thought about the post game interview. Uh, it just in my head, oh, speaking of I cussing. just see. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a, it's just like the thumbnail for that I've seen. The thumbnails I've seen this week are funnier than the actual interview. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, man. Just, yeah, go ahead. Phil. Yeah, I'm yeah. Watching. No, I mean, the, him crying for his daddy, Jim Harbaugh, was something I wasn't expecting to hear. Um, but, yeah, we are, of course, uh, in support. Hopefully, Jim Harbaugh pulls through. Um, he, of course, is suffering from consequences of an own actions and uh you know it's always tough it's always tough you always want just to have no accountability and sometimes the unfair big 10 commissioner and the haters ryan day and of course his brother and his uh investigation company are trying to hold you accountable and that's just not fair no one likes that um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, Michigan did not scare me. Like, I've seen them play this year, and I've been like, oh, dang, like, Michigan looks good. When I watched that game, honestly, to be if I'm if I'm taking the hater out for a second, just for once, I'll be back to the hateration. But right, okay. for right now, yeah, yeah. being neutral, these teams look very even to me, being Ohio State and Michigan. I, I really feel like, man, like, objectively, I don't understand how there is a trend in the national media to say that Michigan is on a different tier than Ohio State. Like I, I don't see that at all. I don't know how you watch that game and you see Ohio State play Penn State and you see Michigan play Penn State and you say, oh yeah, Michigan, they're they're just different. They're not. They did they did have success running the ball. They just they only ran the ball. And the thing about it is that <laughs> Michigan didn't dominate that game. It's just the fact that Penn State could never could never put any points up when they needed to. They would they would get stops. Even when Michigan moved to their 13,000 linemen in the formation and just run it, they still got stopped because it's not because even when that happens it's very hard to still go down move, you know, have an 80-yard drive three yards at a time. That's just difficult to do. But when Penn State got the ball back with opportunity after opportunity, they just couldn't do anything with it. And honestly, when I watch that game, I say Kyle McCord. Yeah. He's not scoring every drive. We've, we've seen that, but Kyle McCord is definitely scoring on a couple of these drives. Marvin Harrison is definitely getting loose on a couple of these drives. Travion Henderson is definitely breaking some big runs on a couple of these second half drives where Michigan is just like, we're going to run it. We're going to waste time. And we have no fear of Penn State putting up any points if we have to punt it. We'll happily punt it, flip the field, and then we'll get the ball back and we'll just try it again. And eventually it, it will work. That's the thing about that running game. Eventually it does work. We've seen when Michigan has beat us, especially two years ago, that's what we saw. Their commitment to that run, like eventually it can break you if you are not scoring. We didn't score in 2021. Whether it was whether it was just a soft team, as they like to say, whether it was too cold, whether CJ Stroud had the flu, or whether it was food poisoning by, you know, whatever. 
I just say that, oh, of course, you can't, you can't see, you're listening to the audio. Justin is uh, mimicking uh, the stealing of signs uh, led by Connor Stallions and um, <laughs> probably Ron Moore. But anyway, um, yeah, man, I just basically, I just feel like uh, our offense, as, as not perfect as it's been, has looked better in every single game this year than that Penn State did today, like last week. We've never our offense has not looked that that bad for ten games. So why would we expect it to look that bad against Michigan? I don't. And um, yeah, man, we're gonna make them pay uh, a few times. But yeah, man, you just you tell me, am I wrong for saying that the idea that Michigan's on a different tier than us is ridiculous? Am I? Am I is that just my Ohio I State mean, showing, or or tell me, tell me what? The scores to the games of the common opponents we've had have been fairly similar. It's not like there's a huge gap in some of these score differentials. I want to say that I don't have it in front of me, so I'm just going to go, you know what I'm saying? Vibes. Go vibes. Right. Um, Rutgers and Michigan, that was like a 41-7 to game, I want to say, or 41-10 or so. <clears throat> Our game with Rutgers, we scored in the 30s. 35 to 16. They scored 35, thank you, 16. Um, the game we just played, Michigan State, 30, we, we beat them 38-3. Michigan beat Michigan State 49-0 uh, away. Now, mind you, this was a game also against the opponent that Connor Stallions went to <laughs> their game allegedly, against Central allegedly. Michigan. Okay, nah, that was fair. him. That was him. That was it. We've seen it. Yeah. We've seen the photo. The facial. I've. I heard that a facial recognition expert put the equipment of his face on another photo in the face of that person in the in the Central Michigan gear, and they said that it was an exact. You. Match, you. So. My. My ten year old daughter could tell you that's the same guy. It doesn't take an expert. <laughs> like that's the same person. <laughs> like he just with a hat on. Like that's. That's as that's as much as he thought he had to protect himself because he felt like there was going to be no accountability. Right. But here's here's the thing. The thing that made me, or I should say, I paid attention to the stat that they had going into the game. No team had taken a snap within the red zone mm-hmm. uh, on Michigan's defense. Goal to go. Penn State. You said it's goal to go. Um. So that means ten yards or less. Yeah. Um. Penn State, basically, I don't remember the drive when they scored the field goal, the first um, points of the game. Penn State basically did make it within the 20. They scored a field goal. Second time they made it down there, they scored a touchdown because of Drew Aller's quarterback scramble, or it might have been a design. He was hitting that, man, until he fumbled in that second half, that first drive of the second half. He was, he was, he was doing his thing on that, man, but... I wanted to see – I'm bringing this up because I wanted to see how their defense fared in goal-to-go situations. How do they fare uh, with a team in the red zone? If Penn State's offense could come up with those amount of points, I, I have faith that Ohio State's offense, as much as it struggled this year, has something for Michigan, some things that we may not have seen, some Devin Brown. Hopefully he's healthy. We can mix it up with him. Some things that we can come up with to 
uh, basically Ryan, for Ryan Day to dig in his bag. He's been preparing for this game all year. I, I You can't tell me that he has not been preparing for this game. We know how Ryan Day does for, for <clears throat> in preparing for games, big games that we've got to win. This is a game we got to win. Uh, absolutely. This is a game we have to win. Uh, Jim Harbaugh said that Michigan is America's team. Hell no. I think that Ohio State being in a position they're in, knowing how unpopular Michigan is right now, we've got to do everything we have to do to make sure that there is no awkward awkward uh, uh, picture or video of Tony Petiti handing the uh, Big Ten trophy over to Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know, a week after uh, a week after our game. So, I because I mean, whoever comes out of the Big Ten West, bro, is it's going to be Iowa. I, I'm pretty sure. Are they, I'm sure they locked it. I looked at some of the records already. Like, bro, it's they're like eight and two, and everybody else is like five and five. And yeah, it produced I think three and seven. So, um, it's it's that was the thing I paid attention to. But to I say all of that to say like, yes, we're pretty even. They just don't they don't have a their offensive playmaker, I would say, is Blake Corum. I think that's a pretty safe thing to say. We stopped the run though all year. Like we've stopped explosive runs. We've and we've definitely stopped explosive pass plays. We haven't had somebody throw uh have a pass play over 40 yards on us. So we have not had an explosive pass pass play on us. Shout out to BIA. So they don't have the receivers to do that. Um, that's just how I see it, man. But we are pretty even. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting game in two weeks. But Yeah. Well, well speaking of common opponents, uh, the team yeah. we play next week, uh, you might remember <laughs> that their coach, um, the kids, the kids <laughs> call it glazing. The coach was glazing Michigan, he said. That might be the best football team I have ever seen after he got his behind beat by Michigan. So, um, yeah. Uh, row the boat. Row the boat. Is it Ski, ski Ma or something like that? Listen, I'm going to be in the building. I am going to be in Ohio State. I'm going to be in the shoe, baby. Mm-hmm. So look out for some social media posts. Look. I'm glad you said that because that also been the number one thing on my mind this week is uh, Minnesota's coach saying saying that that was basically an NFL team they went against. His offense, their offense is terrible. Help me out. Help me out with um, Minnesota's head coaches. PJ Fleck. I just literally see his ball. PJ Fleck. Thank you. Thank you. PJ Fleck. And why? why, And why? I just want to remind you too that PJ Fleck, who thought that Michigan was an NFL team, got smoked. By Purdue, okay, they got oh, they yeah, got bro. smoked by Purdue last week. Purdue was up by like twenty four points, I feel like during that game. So I'm just saying your credibility is a little shaky, buddy. You're making it seem like hey, we couldn't do anything about it because that was an NFL team. Purdue is uh, they're not <laughs> not going to make a bowl this year. Yeah, not even close. Okay, they're not good. They are not good. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I can trust you anymore, PJ, to say, hey, what can we do? Because that team is great. You also got smoked by Purdue. 
That's all. Go ahead. Do your thing. Look, I I've, I texted my frat brother and um, that was going to the game this morning. He said Marvin Harrison should have four touchdowns in that game. And I said – I replied back by halftime. <laughs> by halftime. I want to – you know, I want to see this is going to basically be Marvin Harrison Jr.'s last home game. A lot of these guys, I mean, these seniors, senior day. Um, so I definitely want to see – uh, some of these guys in their last performance in Ohio Stadium. We know Travion Henderson is <laughs> – we joked around and said <laughs> off air. We said that he's definitely played himself into a first-round pick. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know how the NFL is viewing running backs these days. But <clears throat> having said all that, man, I mean, Minnesota is definitely not a look – I mean, we we are, trust me, looking forward to the game against the team up north. But I I saw a headline last week that said two tune-up games before uh, the game, and they treated Michigan State as that way that way in the first half. I need us to put together a complete game. I am looking forward to seeing a 60, 60 something to. I mean, I can buy, yeah, that is my prediction. I mean, yeah, go ahead. 63 to ten. 63. No, 63 to 6. 63 to 6. 63 to 6. There we go. No touchdown. That's your final answer. <laughs> That's my final answer, Phil. Okay, I'm going to have to edit that one for the <laughs> for the clip. 60, 63 to 6. Uh, okay, so uh, my prediction is Ohio State 52, Minnesota Golden Gophers 10. That's the exact same score that it was in that Michigan game. And I do believe that Ryan Day is petty enough and also smart enough to be thinking about making sure that this narrative that Michigan is a league above us um, continues to not hold water. And so I think you'll, I think you want to see that game be a similar margin or a similar level of dominance. Um so yeah, I'm going 52 to 10. Uh, Minnesota, their best asset is on offense is their running game. That's what they want to do. Uh, again, the teams that have that mo have not been successful against us this year, um, and it seems like their only hope has been to limit our possessions. I don't really see that happening in this game. I also feel like Minnesota can't be feeling very inspired right now after that schlubbing by Purdue, who again is not good at football. So um yeah, I think it should be uh quick work. I just I just kind of want to see if we do the same thing we did in this Michigan State game where we essentially pull most of our starters in the second half. Cobblecourt did play through the third quarter for a lot of it, but even when he was still in there, his skill his skill players were were sitting out. I hope that Ryan Day lets Lincoln Kineholtz throw the ball and like let some of these young receivers like I want to see like another like Brandon Ennis touchdown in this game so that it's still exciting to watch because as fun as that first half was to watch for Ohio State second half was or I had to turn it off it was like this is not enjoyable at all we're not doing anything we're <laughs> just like handing it off and then punting it so um I want to see something exciting and in, in the second half and that's most likely backups, but you can put the backups in, but still let them still call the game. 
in a way that has some excitement. You don't have to, you don't have to make just because it's a backup quarterback doesn't mean he can't only hand the ball off. Like I don't, I don't really get that. It's something Ryan Day has been doing for the last like three years, so it's not new. I just don't understand why he has that mentality. Like you don't need to protect Lincoln Kindholz. He's not supposed to be ready. You know what I mean? So let him make a mistake. No one's going to be like, why is you know why is he making mistakes? He's a freshman who's playing because of injury in a blowout game. Well, we uh, have a 27 and a half point spread in that. Um, basically, on this Tuesday evening, it's at a 27 and a half, and the over under is 48 and a half. So, um, speaking speaking of spreads, speaking of spreads, speaking of spread that thing predictions, Oops. we are going to now uh, take a we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break real quick. You know, come back uh, and talk about. Um, pick six, but this week is going to have a little bit of a twist. That's going to be coming up next. And we're back here for another edition, the week 12 edition of pick six, where I pick three, Phil picks three. And that makes six. But guess what? Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We have an extra point. Mm. We have an extra point that we are adding. So this will be pick six with an extra point for each one of us. So how we do the extra point, uh, we can pick through any of the categories that we've already picked. So we can pick an extra game. But we can also pick what is known as a doggy bet. We call them doggy bets. Um, it's basically if you choose a team who basically will you're confident in to cover a spread. So the uh, they have to be basically the um, team that is the underdog in that game. So, for instance, if Alabama is they're facing Chattanooga this weekend, I believe the spread is like 45 and a half. If you want to go ahead and choose Chattanooga 45 and a half, good luck to you. Uh, but, yeah, all they have to do is cover that spread. And that will be your doggy bet. So um, so that's just an example of one of the categories that we don't use. Um, Phil, I don't know. You look like you wanted to say something to that. No, I was just thinking, like, I feel like I say dog bet. I feel like doggy is a little uh, different. But <laughs> I'm going to let you. You said this is what derogative? No, or... I didn't say derogative. I said I different. Put... I said it's just, diff- it's just not what I want to say. So he will call it a doggy <laughs> bet. I'm going to just call it a dog bet. Uh, and you know we'll leave it at we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at. I feel that. like I'm six. <laughs> it's a little childish. <laughs> well, <clears throat> you know, all child, all kids at heart, man. Some something. So speaking of doggies, <laughs> my uh, my lock last week, the James Madison Dukes. They were favored by twenty five and a half and they gave me that dub but i definitely lost in my other two categories uh i chose rutgers over iowa and i chose old miss to upset georgia but i had 15 my lock was worth one point and so this week i am at 16 i've got 16 um phil do you want to talk about your your week i didn't realize you had picked rutgers to win that game until just now yeah, um, yeah. 
They got you zero. We they both got had the same points. amount of points. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I got I got negative one point, so I'm definitely not here to poke fun. Uh, I had my lock as Louisville um, minus twenty and a half, and they didn't even come close. They were losing for most of that, or at least for a lot of that game. My upset though was Miami over Florida State. That's one I don't regret. It was a good pick. I bet them in real life to cover the spread thirteen and a half, and that definitely uh, made me some money. But they fell short of the of the comeback. Quarterback got hurt though. To be fair, their start the starter they had for that game got hurt at the very end of that game, and they had to put in their back. They had to put in their um, Van Dyke, Tyler Van Dyke, who they had benched. Yeah, and he had to do that last thing. So I, I you know, that that was tough. Uh, but it further tells me that Florida State, they're just not that guy. You know, they're they're good, but they're not elite in my eyes yeah that was a rivalry game um last year it wasn't close this year it was and you know um i was actually pulling for you in that game because that game i mean just having florida state with a loss um it it helps out uh, in in the argument in the argument that you may be having with someone in the fact that florida state has been looking pretty vulnerable yeah. Here um, near the end of the season, it'd be hilarious if they lose to Florida at the end of the season. That'd be perfect. I don't see that. I would happening. love it. I would love it. So, kicking off this week, um, since I won last week, I will go ahead and start us off here. I am going to go into the upset mm. category. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go in the upset category. <clears throat> I'm going to take the Iowa State Cyclones over Texas. Okay. They are a, last time I checked, it was seven and a half. It is still a seven and a half. Seven and a half, Texas is favored. The game is in Ames, Iowa. Shout out to, um, shout out to Matt. Friend of the pod. Uh, Friend of the pod, yep. And he's, you know, this team has been definitely, his team has been one of the most picked teams, I feel like, this <laughs> year. Uh, well, picked picked for and picked against. Yes. Um, Texas lost, I believe, their running back in their last game against TCU. He's out for the season. Uh, and they barely won that game. Um. They've been barely winning a lot of games. Quinn Ewers is back. I just, and I, I am not saying that I definitely think Iowa State is going to win this game, but I think they got a shot. They've been giving everybody else a shot in, in terms of Texas. Texas has been giving Houston a shot. <laughs> Texas has given TCU a shot. They gave Kansas State a shot. So I think I'm giving I'm going to go ahead and give Iowa State a shot to, to possibly upset Texas. That's my pick. All right, man. Uh, I like that. I like that. I'm going to go with a rivalry um, in flyover country. But I, you know what? I'm going to pay them some attention. Kansas State plays Kansas this weekend mm-hmm. uh, in Lawrence, Kansas. And uh, currently the spread is eight and a half points. Kansas State is the favorite. They're going to leave. Lawrence. You can't just walk into Lawrence 
expecting to get an easy dub. Rock chalk, baby. Kansas to upset Kansas State uh, as eight and a half point underdogs. And that game is known as the Sunflower. Sunflower. What is it? Sunflower State game? (laughs) (laughs) The Sunflower Classic. (laughs) No, it's not an HBCU. Only only HBCUs play in classics. Uh, Yeah, hopefully that game is a classic. Uh, I think. I mean, I'm actually not sure why Kansas is so is so. I will kind of say it's so favorite, but uh, I'm just going to go with my cut here. Maybe I'm missing some story about like the Kansas team all getting in trouble or something. And there's like five suspensions. But to me, those teams feel pretty evenly matched. And um, I'm definitely taking an underdog in a game that feels even. It's the Sunflower Showdown. And part of the reason Kansas State... Yeah, part of the reason Kansas State is favorite is because um, Bean, their backup quarterback, he got knocked out of the game um, last week, and so he's questionable. But uh, Lance Leipold did come out this week. Um, I'm sorry, today, this morning, and he said he's confident that Bean is gonna. He had a head injury. He's oh. he's confident that Bean is gonna play. But uh, what's a little concussion ever yeah. done to anybody, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I would I would say still. I mean, can't that's a good pick. I'm I actually like that. I was thinking about picking that as backup upset game because, but um, when I saw that Bean might be out, I was like, I'm yeah, kidding. I didn't see that. Um, but you know what? Next man up. That's the mentality. I mean, we are we're talking about Bean like he's a star. He's a backup too. So you know, next man up. Uh, next pick up is me and I am going to <laughs> man um this is tough I feel like I had one man I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the toss up uh, I'm gonna stick to my theme. I'm picking big games. They call me Big Game Bill, uh, and <laughs> couldn't think of anything cooler than that. But I'm gonna go with the Washington versus Oregon State game. This is a two and a half point spread. We've got Oregon State, the number eleven team in the country, against number five Washington. Oregon State, the home team, is favored by two and a half, indicating these teams are pretty evenly matched, giving Oregon State a little bit of juice for the home field advantage. I really don't like picking teams to kind of win big games in their first um, first time. I feel like Oregon State, they're having a great year, but they are sort of ahead of schedule. And, um, you know, they may be good in the future. They have a young coach. It's promising. But the last time they were in a situation where they had won three games coming into the season and they were playing Washington State, but the time was ranked and it was like, okay, we'll see what happens. They lost in that game. So I'm going to predict they're going to lose again. And I'm going to choose Washington to win in this uh, toss up game. Good pick. Good pick. That was my pick. But, uh, you know, you always got to have a good backup plan. Mm. <clears throat> always got to have a good backup plan. 
I'm going to stay in this great state of Iowa. That's exactly what Matt says. He calls it the great state. He calls it God's country. God's country. God's country. And in God's country, there is a team who has recently fired their offensive coordinator in the Iowa Hawkeyes going up against the fighting Illini. Give me Iowa. I think that their defense is good enough to prevent Illinois from scoring. Um, This is definitely a (laughs) mid-off. But I cannot believe I'm looking at the sheet right now and I have Iowa. (laughs) I have Iowa in my toss up and I have Iowa State in my upset. It'd be hilarious if those both hit. Um, Yeah, I just think that Iowa's defense is good. I mean, that's point blank. I Their offense put up 22 points last week. They might be in a groove. They might be in a rhythm. Give me Iowa. Okay, I like it. Where are we going next? We are. That's going to be the last time I say <laughs> that this year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we're going with the lock think that you know this time of the year man it's 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 difficult with injuries you gotta find a good team going up against a bad team in my opinion and got a couple picks here but i'm gonna take i'm gonna take my my lock and i'm gonna choose oregon over arizona state oregon is favored by 23 and a half um as dan lanning Quoted, um, quoting him now um, from earlier in the season when they were going against Colorado, he was like, "We're here for wins. We're here for wins." So that's what they've been doing, and you know they're trying to get Bo Nix also to New York to possibly win the Heisman. Um, and so, yeah, give me, give me Oregon. Dan Lanning, who's also a candidate for the Texas A and M job potentially. Hmm. There's been a name. He's not been interviewed. Let me just make sure I, I say that. It's, so uh, this is a uh, award-winning journalistic show. So yes, make sure I get you. Yeah, we have journalistic integrity at the BIA podcast. Um, okay, so that was your lock. Locking up. Oof. All right, man, I'm not going to overthink this. Give me the Ohio State University uh, locking up 27 and a half points uh, over Minnesota uh, at home senior day. Again, I really think that there's incentive for Ohio State to try to run up this score. And I say run up, I just mean like be closer to that 40 than that 30. Um, in terms of the margin. So I like Ohio State to be able to cover four touchdowns, which is what we're asking us to do here against Minnesota. Uh, the only the only risk here in this game is that Ohio that Ryan Day is just like, hey, we just got to focus on Michigan. This game doesn't matter. So once we're up, we just coast. That's definitely possible. But I'm hoping that they've scored enough points by the time he decides to coast. You know, hopefully it's 28-0 and he starts to coast, and then I can just ride that wave till the end of the game. Good pick. 
good pick. I'll be at that game. BIA will be in the building. And so uh, go ahead and close us out. You call it a dog bet. I call it a doggy bet. Go ahead and close us out, bro. Where are we going? Are you, are you? Uh, we are going to... <laughs> Not even, dog. Not on this pod. Not on this pod. Uh, you mentioned earlier your frat brother. You didn't say what frats. So I just I'm assuming. Uh, you know. But anyway, 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 anyway. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna go uh, to the Palmetto State. I believe um, is the name there. Um, I have not called it the Palmetto State in a minute. So North Carolina is playing Clemson um, at Clemson. Clemson is a seven-point favorite. Our our dog bet, by the way, needs to be a, at least seven-point spread. Um, so it's a true underdog. Um, and I'm gonna pick North. Car- I'm gonna take North Carolina to cover seven. I really feel like. Um, I, I just I know Clemson's coming off of a great win, but they're still just really up and down. And or to be clear, North Carolina is very up and down as well. But that just makes me feel like these two teams are pretty even, and I can see this being a one score game. Um, and with a you know, one score game, I think I've got a pretty good chance at um, North Carolina coming in under seven points. Good pick. Good pick. I, I think that UNC could even win that game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Clemson's having a down year. UNC, I mean, I can't really say they're a better team. I mean, that they're the, you know. We've got a better quarterback, and that's the only thing we can really say. True. You're right, 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 right. So, um, so closing this out, I am going to go with the team with a game that we are going to be paying attention to at noon. Because we play this team in two weeks. I'm going to take the Terps. Don't know if um, Harbaugh will be on the sideline. I think that, um, you know, we talked offline earlier today. Talia is going to have to play out of his mind. And I and I like a 19 and a half point spread. Now I'm sure they're going to be pissed or whatever. Um, like they like all the analysts have been saying. <clears throat> but... Uh, you still got to go to Maryland. We had a tough game against Maryland before we played Mi- Michigan last year, so I hope that they um, that they do us a, a solid and and cover this nineteen and a half point spread. So I feel like that was probably pretty similar to our game last year. We were probably favored by almost three scores, three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how uh, Sharon Moore is going to be able to call plays. Um, <laughs> You know, trying to read the playbook in your eyes, just flowing with the tears for your daddy. You know, I think it's going to be tough. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. I, I made this bet in real life, too. Uh, I, I bet on Maryland to cover the spread. I, I do think they have a good shot. Um, hopefully, if they can put up points, right? We know they're not going to be able to stop Michigan necessarily, but if they can put up points, and Michigan's not that invested in trying to put up a bunch of points either, then... I think you got a good shot. So I'll be rooting for you on this one, um, despite the competition. Yes, I am pulling for baby Tua. So uh, <laughs> so basically going back over our picks, I've got for my lock, the Oregon Ducks 
over the Arizona State Sun Devils. My toss-up, I have taken the Iowa Hawkeyes over the Illinois Fighting Illini. My upset, I've got Iowa State, the Iowa State Cyclones over the Texas Longhorns and my doggy bet. (laughs) (laughs) My doggy bet is Maryland uh, covering a 19 and a half point spread against uh, the team up north. (laughs) Wow. Uh, My lock is the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, covering 27 and a half points um, against Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, My toss-up is Washington beating Oregon State. My upset is Kansas at home upsetting the eight and a half point favorite Kansas State Wildcats and my dog bet is UNC uh covering their seven point spread against Clemson and that game is at Clemson. Just pulling up the picks here. And there they are picks for week twelve with the extra point. And so that is our week 12 edition of Pick 6. Thank you for listening to today's episode, everyone. Follow us on social media at BIA.pod on Instagram and TikTok. And if you're into YouTube, we're on there too at BIA underscore pod. And if you've listened to this episode on Apple or Spotify or any other podcast service, um, it's probably bootleg. But hey, we thank you for listening. (laughs) Before you leave, leave us a five-star review. And we would surely appreciate it. Once again, I'm Hugie. That's Phil. OH. IO. Go Bucks. <laughs>